Hi, I'm Jacques Barrett, comedian, actress, and idiot. I have a podcast of my own. It's called Quite the Pickle. Each week, myself and fellow comedian Emma Zamet think up a heinous situation, and then we interview a professional who gives us tricks, tips, and pointers on how to survive the pickle. At the end of each episode, we perform stand-up that we've written about what we learnt in the interview. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's Quite the Pickle, available on iTunes and Spotify. We hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Hey, this episode of the Andy Social Podcast is proudly brought to you by these legends over at Patreon. Thank you very much to Andrew from Perth, Mick G from Sydney, Ash from Daniloquin, Dan from Dapto, Rod from Rayleigh in North Carolina, Patrick from Canberra, Liam from Brisbane, Chris from Sydney, Brendo from Lytton, Tim from Canberra, James from Brisbane, Christian from Canberra, and Steve from the Gold Coast. These people are my top tier supporters over at Patreon part of the larger community of awesome people who have been backing your mate Andy here in his little old podcast, the Andy Social Podcast. Support starts from only a buck a month, dirt cheap. Set and forget, you won't even notice it. And there are additional tiers if you want access to exclusive things such as the weekly podcast that comes out every Tuesday morning, the Patreon podcast. Uh, you can get free t-shirts, uh, USB pass with the first 100 episodes, and a whole bunch of other things that are included over at Patreon and will be added over the coming months as well. So get on over there to patreon.com slash Andy Dowling and support your mate Andy. Hey, episode 270, 270 of the Andy Social Podcast is here and joining me on the potty this episode is Neville Pierce. Neville is a podcaster like me. He has spent many, many years interviewing musicians, uh, both local and international, small and big fame, just lots and lots of different people, uh, and has an amazing repertoire of uh, amazing conversations that he's had with people over the years online. Uh, Neville is part of Ever Black Media, and his podcast is the Ever Black Podcast. So I will have links in the show notes over at andysocial.net and andydowling.net. Uh, definitely through your podcast player that you're listening to right now, uh, you can pause this. I trust you. Pause it and search for Ever Black uh, Podcast uh, in your podcast player and then subscribe to that and then go back and press play on this podcast and listen to this episode with Neville Pierce. Everything will be in the show notes, of course, over at andysocial.net and andydowling.net. So enough crapping on from me. Please enjoy this great chat. With the man himself, Neville Pierce. I've uh, I've been quite impressed with uh, the amount of hustle that you've been doing over the past. I don't know. I mean, how long have you been doing the? Well, obviously, we'll get to the band stuff and all, all that a little bit later on. But I guess with the podcasting, um, how how long have you been sort of immersed in this? Eight years this oh, month, man. actually. Oh, I know. So good. So was- good. Well, well, was radio first. Yeah. Like I started off doing this as as a radio show on a Wednesday night, and then I just transitioned it over to podcast. I don't know. It just it, it eight years is a long time. I I don't even know where it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's like a lot of hours. It's like you, man. Like a lot of hours on the on the phone, and then you look back and you go, "Oh man, that's that's a lot of time. That's a lot of talking." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so did you um, hand it work in the early days? Was it uh, sort of on what kind of radio were you doing? Was it sort of community based, or was it a little bit more big, big time? What, what were you doing in the early stages? Uh, it was uh, community based. It was Rabbit Radio on the Gold Coast here, and uh, it was all online. So we yeah, just right. had an online server, and um, didn't always work, <laughs> but we tried to make it work. It was like. 
you know, it was community radio, but you know, I had the metal show on uh, on Wednesday nights at nine o'clock, and I just go in there and grab a beer and do the thing. And was that just a, a mate of a mate, sort of just letting you know about it? Did you just, did you stumble into it, or was it something you were actually actively trying to find an opportunity to to sort of get into this into this field? You know, I, I uh, actually went down there and I said, "Look, I." would really like to do a metal show. And they were pretty skeptical at first. They were like, metal show? But um, I talked them into it. And then I ended up just hanging around. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to leave. I didn't know what I was, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I mean, you know, obviously I, I studied uh, audio engineering and stuff like that. But then the radio side, I just, I did it for something to do uh, on, on the side from band things. And I ended up really liking it. So Was it? I mean, did you have, obviously you had the sort of the engineering aspect behind it. So I guess you, from a tech point of view, had a little bit of an idea, but no doubt, I mean, I've never done radio before apart from sort of being on the other end of the mic and, and doing a couple of interviews here and there. But, um, you know, podcasting has been sort of what I've been doing for the past several years. And, but radio seems to be a different league altogether. And I think there's some clear differences. I mean, even, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's just you being in the game for so long, but even as you're speaking, I hear, and maybe it's just because you've already given me the the information, I've, I've just linked it all together, but you've got a bit of a radio voice happening as well. Like you've, <laughs> you, you just, you're very smooth and it's just perfect for radio. So was it, was there a little bit of a, I don't know, some, some skills that were built uh, in the early days of, of sort of, uh, you know, working on your craft or did you know, was it a little bit of a natural sort of just fall into it and just uh, just keep going for, for longevity? You know, it's funny. I actually started off in, in a call center ah. for like four years in like a terrible call center job that I hated. And I just, just talking on the phone every single day to people screaming at you. And I guess it, it just developed from there, which is a really weird <laughs> place to, you know what I mean? And I'd have some people go, oh, you should do radio. Yeah. And I never really thought about it because... I don't know. I trip over more words a little bit. So it just ended up from there. I just went, you know what? I'm going to go do that. And I just did it. <laughs> yeah, I, think I don't it's, know how it worked. It might be just, I don't know what actually makes or what, what the characteristics are of, of what makes a great like radio voice. But I guess there's a little bit of, a little bit of bass to the, to the, to the voice and, uh, some some clarity there on uh, pronunciation and things like that. Sh- shit that I'm abs- absolutely horrible at doing, so I'll never get a job in radio. That's why I've just thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll do my own thing with podcasting. But, um, you know, getting into it and sort of starting, you know, into community radio, did you, was it a case of sort of picking up some tips and tricks along the way from some of the other guys that were working at the station or was just, a, you know, just doing your own thing? Pretty much just doing my own thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go in there... There was one show, like a dance show, that was on before before I was on, and I'd go in there, and then I'd just they'd say, "There's a button, there's that," and I'd just do it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's weird. <laughs> I, it's one of those things where I literally just stumbled in and just blindly went, "Oh, I'll give it a go." See, but I find it funny because you you've got a really good voice. You've got you know with your podcasting and stuff. You say you know you, but you sound like you've you've done radio before. Oh, you're a natural at this. Oh, there you go. Oh, geez. Now we've we've hit the ground running with the compliments back and forth. So, (laughs) thanks, mate. (laughs) Come on, mate. But it's. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? And I guess it's one of those things where you, 
when you hear your own voice, there's that weird, I can't, there's, a, there's a term for it when you hear your own voice and you sort of cringe and you don't like the sound of it. Uh, but obviously yeah. when you hear somebody else talk, there's, um, you know, you're hearing it from a, from a different angle and I guess, you know, it's not resonating in your own skull as well. So it's probably a, a different audio experience altogether. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's interesting just to listen to, because I mean, obviously, you know, you and I, you, you've been doing it for uh, considerably longer than I have, but to speak to lots of different people from all over the world and different ages and demographics, backgrounds, uh, you know, you'll hear lots of different voices and some people, as soon as they start talking, you think, Oh man, oh this this per this person shouldn't be doing interviews or shouldn't be or <laughs> or their voice is not is just not complimenting, you know, an audio interview at all. I mean, I'm sure you've come across a bunch of those ones over the years. Yeah. Yeah, I have. <laughs> There's you know, not gonna lie, but you just you gotta try and roll with it. Yeah. Some of you know, it's sometimes you hear it on the radio, like mainstream sort of radio, and you hear some of the announcers, and the and the it sounds like they're putting on a voice. If you know mm -hmm. what I mean, it's weird. I I can't listen to mainstream radio. A bit of theatrics. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's I, who talks like that. Well, it'd, it'd be fun, it'd be fun if you met up with them in real life and just like at a barbecue or something like that, and they just they just fell into it. You know, it was it wasn't their natural voice, but they were just so used to doing it that they just like after a few drinks just fall into it by accident without even knowing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, welcome back. <laughs> hey, how you going? I'm Husey. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, it's weird. It's a strange thing. I guess the weirdest one has been for me interviewing people. Mm. You know, you hear people sing. And then you hear them talk and you go, man, you don't sound how you sing at all. <laughs> Is there anyone that comes to mind straight off the bat where they've, where their speaking voice versus their, their vocals or their, yeah, their singing or whatever just does not match whatsoever? Yeah. Gra uh, grave Pleasures. We used to be a band called Beast Milk. Right. I think it's Matt. Yeah. You know, he's got this real deep sort of Nick Cavey sort of voice and then you hear him singing and you're talking and he's, he's very, uh, I don't know, very English. <laughs> like, man, yeah, I don't know. How about you? Have you ever had that happen? Oh, uh, I think I've certainly, I mean, it's one of those things, especially metal, because, you know, I mean, even speaking to you, I mean, I know you're in a band and I've heard, heard some of your music and then I hear you talk and I've, you know, watched some of the podcast stuff you've been doing online and, and so even that, when you look at it, you go, well, you know, it's not a clear match there. It, you know, it's not exactly what I was expecting. And, you know, I used to live up your way and used to go to a lot of, a lot of metal gigs in Brisbane and, you know, you'd, mm. and I've, I've told this quite a bit on the podcast so people can, uh, can uh, give me a break, but, you know, I'd go and see a black metal band or a death metal band or something like that. And, you know, they're, they're going pretty hard, you know, during the songs and everything. And then in between the songs, they're like... Oh, cheers, cheers, guys. Yeah, cheers, mate. And it's just like, oh, man, the, the, client, the, the whole atmosphere has just been sucked out of the room with that voice. Oh, please keep the gravelly, you know, Scandinavian accent uh, in, in, in check, even between the songs, please. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, some of that stuff, is, it's quite interesting because I think you've probably seen it quite a bit over the years where, especially in sort of heavier music where, there's so much aggression and the, you know, the way that uh, musicians and the music's portrayed mm. in the public domain versus 
what people are actually like. And a lot of people in metal are absolute sweethearts. They're amazing people. They're really gentle and considerate and, and amazing people to talk to. But then, you know, get them in front of a mic or on stage and they just become demons. They're beasts. And it's just such a, an amazing thing just to see the, these dramatic contrasts between the two. You know, it's a funny thing, that, isn't it? Like when, when you get up, because you know it. You get up there on stage and it feels like you're possessed by something and then you get off stage and you're like, you feel a million dollars, you know? You feel oh, awesome. Yeah. It's, you know? it, it's, a, it's a total ego rush being on stage. It's not even an ego thing because you just you, you lose the ego, if anything. It's a, you, you're just not yourself. You're, you know, if, sometimes if you're obviously wearing like an outfit and you've got some paint on and you're dressing up as, as a character, then you can really lose yourself in a completely different identity. But even just, you know, someone like myself, chuck a pair of jeans on and a, a T-shirt and jump up on stage and, and, and thrash about, you sort of just forget, oh, it's just, it's just me. Like, because as soon as I get off the stage, I'm, you know, I go back to the old self-conscious Andy and, and sort of looking around going, oh, geez, you know, don't want to make eye contact with anybody or unless I've had like 20 beers under my belt <laughs> or something like that, you know, but on stage, it's just a completely different thing. It's like, oh, this is, uh, this is where I'm meant to be for the next however long. And there's no, there's no, th- you don't have time to think about, you know, any of the social, the normal social cues that we all go through on a day-to-day basis. So it's, um, it's a it's an interesting thing. I mean, it's, and I I haven't really thought about it too much until talking to to musicians and and doing the podcast stuff. And it's been a real open eye opener. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, totally. You know, and, and everyone sort of seems to go through that same thing. But everyone's you know metal metal dudes are sweethearts, and that's the thing that's pretty funny because everyone thinks that metal dudes and metal girls are you know absolute demons off. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's true nicest people in the world oh absolutely absolutely i mean you know there's always there's always a few uh few bad seeds in the bunch but you know overall we're we're, we're a good bunch i think overall we're pretty pretty good with um with the podcasting obviously that transition from community radio to doing your podcast was it more or less the same show that you just decided to change uh the medium so you were moving away from just doing basically it was just moving from radio to podcasting but keeping more or less the same sort of format or was it a case of getting to a point and, and sort of reinventing what you were doing or extending on on an existing idea it was more so it it was getting harder to get down there mm. you know on a wednesday night i ended up having to do, pre-record the show and uh uploading it and it just gradually got to the point where it was just getting quite difficult to to do and upload it was such a so i just i just went look i'm just going to focus on just uh uploading the interviews and and keeping it simple and i, I just end up sticking with it you know i i don't know i kind of do I, I miss going down having a few beers at, at you know at, at the uh marketa and and stuff like that but yeah it, it just ended up being such a massive task that i i gradually probably over about a year uh, moved it over. What was the um, what was the reaction like being on community radio? Because obviously for for yourself, no doubt you had an interest. There was a niche that you wanted to scratch by by doing it and sort of getting in there and having a go. But I mean, I've I've certainly sort of I, I know a lot of friends that have done community radio over the years, and I've 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 been on sort of as I said before, sort of on the receiving end of of going in and doing an interview, but never never done it myself. 
what sort of what sort of reaction locally with the with the local scene, you know, down the Gold Coast did did you get over that sort of twelve months or so just doing it on community radio? Did you is it a really tough grind to sort of uh, sort of build that build that awareness, uh, especially if it's a metal based program? You know what? It was actually quite good. The, the reaction was was pretty well received. I you know I'd have bands hitting me up all the time. They'd come in and and hang out like they wanted to be part of it, and mm. it seemed to yeah it it was it was a really great experience. We uh, we we did have some technical issues because it was like pretty low community <laughs> so yeah, it just yeah. didn't always work sometimes um you know but we we did what we could and you know the local community seemed to respond pretty well to it and so you're doing a lot of sort of uh you know in the studio interviews with the local bands and things like that just to sort of you know prop them up yeah 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 they'd come down and hang out and we play tunes and take requests and uh get up to some no good which was yeah Certainly a good yeah. thing to be doing during the week. You know, most of us sort of just, you know, you know, working a job and just sort of go home and sit in front of the couch and not do not do a great deal else. But uh, to do something like that, especially if you got, you know, you got like minded people dropping by and you're able to sort of play some play some good tunes and chill out. And it's sort of, you know, obviously you're. I mean, it's it's not a job job, but it's you're you're providing a service to people by by getting getting on the airwaves and and sharing some music. But I mean, it must be because you love it so much and it's you know you're passionate about. You know, heavy music, then it just becomes like this really cool way to break up your week by something to look forward to sort of, uh, you know, on hump day. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I used to go straight from work and I'd drive like 40 minutes to band rehearsal and I'd do a couple of sets and then I'd drive all about 40 minutes back and uh, do the show. So it was like Wednesday nights were like all metal. Wow. And it was it was the best, man. I, I used to love it. Yeah. And because I had a bar there as well, yeah. you know, you'd, you'd have a few beers and then, you know, a few uh, Burley Brewery big heads and away we'd go. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a plug. I just liked them. So, <laughs> Oh, man, that sounds dangerous. It sounds uh, – it's just like the perfect mix of, of good times. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure your Thursday mornings were a bit rough, rough around the edges. They were, Sometimes they were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, it, it got interesting because sometimes you'd have have the bands that would be a bit nervous and they'd have a few, you know, beers to sort of prop up their courage and they'd come in and they'd get a little bit too loose, you know, and you'd have to, <laughs> you'd have to be like, oh, I'm going to mute that because you can't, you know, obviously there's no delay. It was all live. So sometimes it got a little hairy. Had one, one band member, I won't mention who it was, um farted in one of the microphones and I just remembered not to use that microphone. Oh. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Live on air. Oh. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that, that's, ca- I don't know if anyone remembers that, but um, well. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. That was interesting. Oh no. It w- I was like, okay, well uh, that's number two and that's staying as number two. Um, yeah. <laughs> Quick think, think in the moment, whatever, whatever you can do just to keep this thing moving. Let's, uh, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you would have that even now with podcasting. Obviously, you've got a bit more control. It's not live. You can you can edit everything out later on. But I, I feel at least, you know, from me doing it over the years where you really feel there's a sense of being in the moment and sort of wanting it to work as best as possible, not so much to reduce the amount of editing time, but you just want to have mm. the best experience with that person having that conversation. And there are times that I've had over the years where, 
somebody's just said something absolutely ridiculous or, you know, a question or something I've said's just fallen on deaf ears or I've got a one word response and then there's just crickets chirping in the background. <laughs> and you just got to think really quickly to sort of keep things moving. Have, have you sort of like, it might not be something you're conscious of. You might just be doing it naturally, but are there certain things that you think about when you do have those, those interviews and you're talking to somebody and straight off the bat, you realize that this is going to be, this might be like getting blood out of a stone to, to get something good out of this conversation. Are there certain things that you think about at the beginning to sort of try and help it, you know, mitigate the loss of having to turf a, turf a podcast episode? You know, I've had probably about five, mm. but I, I, it's not something I go in and think about so much like I really try not to think about that that I'm going to go in there and it's just going to be a train wreck but I have had a couple I won't mention where I've had to like really edit them like really piece them together because the the one word answers one in particular was so bad that it was like you know you get 15 20 minutes mm. and it literally ended up being like 5 minutes <laughs> it was <laughs> it, the longest silences and it was really awkward um, have you had ones like that? Yeah. I guess you have. Yeah, and I've had I've had a few. Um, I'd probably be similar to you. Probably four or five that have just never seen the light. Well, have never seen the light of day. Um, uh, just because they there was just nothing nothing sal- salvageable whatsoever. Um, just absolute train wrecks. And and a couple of them were were partly my fault, where I was ill prepared, thinking that I might be able to walk into this. And sort of just go with the flow and sort of get a natural conversation going, but then realizing that that other person doesn't want to have a natural conversation. And so that's when you need your prep. That's when you need your notes. That's when you need your questions to fall back on just to keep it moving. And there's a couple of times where I didn't do that. And uh, it wasn't a case of once bitten, twice shy. It was uh, twice bitten, well, hopefully third time shy now. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little bit more prepared with people just in case. Um, but um, I've, I mean, I've had other ones where... Because with my podcasts, you know, I'm talking, I'm, a lot of it and probably the majority have been musicians, but uh, I talk to a lot of different people, a lot of random people from different backgrounds, people that interest me. And I've spoken to people that, you know, might work in, say, emergency services or like a, a, a real job, you know, professional. And I, and they're, they're interested, they want to have a chat. And so I'll go and do a podcast with them. And then I start asking them questions. And, you know, I've had one particular person who just said, oh, well, I can't answer that. I'm like, oh, okay, no worries. That, that's cool. I'll, I'll move on to the next thing. And then that became the theme throughout the whole conversation. I just could not get anything out of it. Oh, uh, you know, because of my protocol, I'm not allowed to share that information. I'm like, okay, so what can we talk about, really? <laughs> Apart from really general, vague things that don't really go anywhere, um, yeah. I can't get anything here to work with. And so for that particular person, I had to sort of, after we stopped, I just and. That person was really, really nice, but I just said, look, I uh, don't know how much of that I can use, um, but if I do use it, I'll let you know. And uh, it's uh, it's tucked away in the archives. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you've had some amazing guests, though, on your show. I mean, look, you had Stan Bush, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, was, that was pretty shit. good. But I had to do a bit of editing with him as well, and this is nothing against Stan, but I think, and you might find this as well with some of your guests where, you know, these guys may may do a lot of interviews, may not, but aren't terribly tech-minded, especially probably in the last mm, 12 to 18 months, especially going into COVID, where a lot of yeah. people are relying on their own home technology. And a lot of these guys are just not as savvy as you would expect. 
And so with Stan, uh, to begin with, we um, we had to get him to download Skype. He'd never used Skype before. And I thought, that's a hassle. I said, we can use a whole bunch of different things. I gave him a bunch of different options. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, I'll download Skype. And he's like, okay, how's it work? And I'm like, okay. And so I gave him a, an online tutorial for him to read. And then he asked me a bunch of questions. So we, we got into that. And he was fine. And he was really cool. He's so polite and so nice with me and, and just super, like super nice guy. But I really had to walk him through to begin with to get him running. But then um, also, as we were talking, um, he had things going on in the background. Uh, he had his uh, his wife walking around the background. I think he had a kid, and oh. then he was trying to shoot them away out of the out of out of the shot. Even though we he had we had our videos on, so we could see each other. But I didn't do the, record the video. Um, but uh, but he was just getting distracted by everybody around him. I'm like, can't stand. Come on, you, you, you know you're doing an interview. Lock the doors, keep them out. Come on, give me, give me just a bit of your time. So uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, like pinch yourself moment because I mean, you know, that's that's somebody you know who was a soundtrack to my childhood. So that was oh. that was super cool. Yeah, he's he's one I'd love to have on the show because right behind you can't see it obviously because we're doing this all. Uh, in audio format, but behind me, I've got my big uh, Transformers movie poster with yeah, all my Transformers yeah. figures. I, it's it's all my childhood, man. So when I heard that, <laughs> I was, I was uh, screaming, screaming like a six year old. And I mean, was that one that you you found that you were a bit maybe a bit nervous about because you yourself like it was so significant? Um, a little bit. Um, I think. I, I I mean, the good thing about him was that I knew enough where it was really easy for me to just to dump a bunch of questions and a bunch of different things and topics and things to talk about and things to link back in, depending on which direction we went. So I kind of, I, I felt pretty good and he was really animated on email and messaging backwards and forwards and everything like that. And he seemed to be really excited to do it. So that kind of took a bit of pressure off me. I think when the nerves kicked in was the, was a bit of the, the, the technical troubleshooting at the beginning, and I thought, oh god, okay. Um, by the time we get past all of this, he might be too exhausted to even want to engage in an interview, <laughs> and and then <laughs> I might be so paranoid that we're, you know, is this all working? That um, we might not get the best out of each other. But um, but I, I was really happy with it. But um, yeah, some of those, some of the ones that you you walk into, I mean, it's it's, I mean, the nerves are high. It's 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 pretty. It can be pretty full on. You have to keep sort of bringing yourself back to earth and going, okay. You know, it's just a person, you know, there might be someone you, you may have idolized at, at some point in time in your life, but they're just a person. Just remember that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they, they generally go pretty well, but I mean, for you, I mean, what, is there somebody that you've, you've spoken to over the years where not so much, uh, well, two things, I mean, you know, somebody who sort of, you have the nerves going into it, but somebody who was a total pinch yourself moment where you thought, oh my God, I can't believe I'm just speaking to this person. I've actually I've had a few of them. I've been like really really lucky, uh, especially last year with with COVID. It, it just mm. seemed to really open the floodgates because it, I mean a lot of these dudes are just uh, are sitting at home, yeah. You know? So they're like, yeah, I'll do some interviews. Um, but I think the one that really got me was uh, odorous. Mm. You know, they, oh man, Dave Brocky, such one of my biggest heroes, and he he was just everything that I'd hoped. Such a such a cool guy, but I've had I had that moment where it's like, oh, I'm talking to Odorous, <laughs> and it just I had to reel myself back in and also stop laughing because he was just hilarious. Um, I actually had two edits of it. There was the one that I was airing on on radio, hmm. 
and then there was the unedited version, which is uh, not safe for work. Yeah, but I, yeah, that one's probably my favorite, you know. Uh, but I've had others, you know. And it's just yeah, you you got to try and reel yourself back in. Hey, you've got to be like they're just people and they're just doing their job. They're you know. But yeah, I've had a fan, couple of fanboy moments where I've lost complete track of of what I was talking about, and you know. It's, have um, you? Uh, Which ones have you? Yeah, I think. Um, geez, I'm just trying to think of uh, people off the top of my head that I've. I mean, there's. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Aussie rock fan, and you know, I got to go and hang out with Steve Balby from Noiseworks um, at at a studio um, here in Sydney, and um, just from a sort of you know knowing somebody else, and sort of said, "Oh, is he keen? Here's his here's his details," and so um, sitting there in in the control room. You know, and he's got all these guitars around him and he's just been mixing something and we're just talking about songwriting and he's telling me about, you know, how he wrote, you know, some of the biggest Aussie rock songs of all time. And, and I'm just sitting there going, who the fuck am I? Like, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> like, like, what right do I have sitting here quizzing somebody about songwriting when this guy, like, you know, has made some pretty good coin over the years and is, an, is a pr- prolific writer? I mean... You know, somebody like that. And, you know, even last year I did um, did one with Andrew Farris from In Excess. And, you know, I mean, that's that's global. You know, what he's done for, for music, for rock music, is just incredible. And I'm, yeah. you know, he's he's telling me these wild stories and I'm just sitting there. And and for some of the ones that I've been doing over the years, you know, I'll go out to people like, uh, you know, COVID definitely kept me at home, but I try to get out and, and meet people where I can. And for that one, I met him at the... Oh God, what was it? The Shangri-La Hotel in Sydney down at the rocks. And so we were sitting, we had to try and find a quiet spot, which was those, whenever you go somewhere, that's the nightmare because you've always got these extra hurdles yeah, you, yeah. you got to uh, sort of manage. But we found this uh, relatively quiet spot and we're just sitting there on the, on this couch and we're just talking and, and I'm just sitting there and he's just telling me the story and he's going off on a tangent and I'm just letting him go. I'm like, you go, you go, mate. You, you go for gold, like you. You talk for as long as you want. I've got all day. I'm sure you don't, but I do. So I'm just going to lap up this moment and just try to not float off with the fairies and, and lose my track train of thought. But um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely been some pretty cool ones like that. Uh, but I mean, for for yourself, has there been the opposite end of the spectrum where you've spoken spoken to somebody where you've maybe not idolize or really looked up to, but somebody you really admire and what you've got versus what you expected was a very different thing. So it's almost like that old saying where it says, oh, I'd never meet your heroes. Yeah. Yes. And there could be that person that you end up going, oh man, that was actually really disappointing. Yeah. 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 I've actually, I've probably only, you know, probably what, 500 interviews or something. I looked yeah. back and, and did, and uh, probably only about five or six. There was one that, I I won't I won't mention anyone's names, oh, but there was one. Man. I know I'm not going to give you any juice. Um, no, no bill beans spilt tonight, my friend. Um, there was one in particular, and I was I was shitting hard before this interview. Mm. Um, and I got on the phone, and they were. It was like they were at a party. Ah, oh, yeah. And I could hear people talking, and uh, you could just tell that they just weren't present. They weren't talking. Like I'd ask a question and they'd turn around, they'd be talking to somebody else and then they'd go back and they're like, ah, yeah, cool. And it just wasn't there. And it was, it was so hard to edit and listen back to. Um, since then I, I've, I've 
spoken to that person and and uh, made amends with that. But it was it was at the time I was so bummed out because yeah. it was someone that you know that I'd idolized with. But um, you know, you have them. I mean, that people are people, I guess. You know, well, that's a tough thing, isn't it? I mean, you. Like all of us, we've got our good days and our bad days, and you're really at the mercy of what they ate that day, or whether they ate, and uh, how much sleep they got the night before, and you know whether they've uh, decided to partake in a few drinks beforehand. You know, there's so many variables there that can turn it, you know, into a. Mm. It can it can be a potentially amazing chat, or it could be an absolute train wreck, and you just really don't know until you. You, know, you you connect and you start talking. You go, oh, okay, we're going in this direction. All right, <laughs> let's see what we can do to to try and save this one. <laughs> Dear God, have you ever made someone mad? Um, no, that's, I a, that's one. I don't think so. Um, but see, one thing that I want to work on, and I don't know whether I need to actually work on this or not, but sometimes I think I'm a little bit too agreeable, and sometimes like there's certainly been people over the years where they've said something that. It's been a little bit ridiculous, not blasphemous or over the top or anything too crazy, but mm. they've said something where I I probably, my instincts should have been to, to correct them or to say, actually, that's not right because blah, 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 blah. But I've been too scared to get someone off guard that I've gone, oh yeah, and then I've just moved on to the next thing. And I've just let let them let them sort of go. And for me, I've always in the back of my head, I've got, I need to get better at that. Um, not so much to make it awkward or anything, but just you know, when when you know there might be a little bit more truth to to the story or something like that, and I can clarify, then just to challenge it a little bit in a in a polite way. So that's definitely something I've got to. I've got to, I've got to work on, but is there is there somebody that you've you've royally pissed off? <laughs> there was, yeah, yeah, one one person. Uh, won't mention any names, but I I, I mentioned another bandmate member um, that they weren't too friendly with, and uh, they got real mad at me. Oh no! <laughs> but that's all. Right. I turned it around, you know. <laughs> yeah, you turned it that, around, but they were, they weren't real happy. Oh. <laughs> It was yeah, it was it was one of those moments. Actually, the first interview I ever did, um, straight off the bat, that, I almost threw it all in before I even started. Right. Uh, because uh, I did my very first interview, and uh, they were just not in a good mood. Straight off, just, just the horns. <laughs> I got the I got the I got the full brunt of it, and uh, I was like, oh, if this is what's like, I don't know if I can if I can do it. But then I got the, se- the second one, um, which was uh, Trevor Sternard from Black Dahlia. Shout out to that dude! Nice. What a legend! He's um, he was the one that made me want to keep doing it. Actually, he was the one that was like, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, people have good and bad days, so yeah, it's and it's the hard thing. I mean, it definitely, you know, I guess that can engulf you. You know, it's from a nerves point of view, you get get nervous every time you sort of about to about to connect with somebody and about to start talking and you're thinking, oh my God, what am I about to walk into? Especially those ones where people are doing presses and they've you know potentially already done a stack of interviews talking about their latest release or whatever they're about to embark mm. on and you're just going, oh, I hope they're still fresh. I hope they're still feeling it. I hope they're still enthusiastic <laughs> to talk about whatever the hell they're about to talk about because uh, I, I need something here. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, and I've had a few of them and I think it just... In hindsight, it's it's been really good to experience those things because I think you certainly learn a lot of little, not so much intentional tips and tricks, but I think you just instinctively start to be able to sort of be flexible in the conversation and in the moment and sort of find ways to 
to as you did before, like with that uh, with that other one where you piss that person off, you know, be able to dig deep and find find a way out and and get them back on on track. And that's a that's a really tough thing to do. I don't think it's a natural thing that you know many people uh, are able to do. No, no, but I mean. It's uh, it, it's something that over the years that I've I I've definitely struggled with. Sometimes you know, you just there's no going back. <laughs> <laughs> Once it goes down that rabbit hole, you're like, oh, how do I? Uh, so the album, you know, I guess it's just, <laughs> just it's hard digging. to sort of swing back. Yeah, you just you know, <laughs> but you know, I, I don't. Know, do you have rules? Do you have certain things? I don't know. Like I've got. I I know it sounds silly, but I don't like bringing up. Um, reunions mm. you know what i mean mm. like when those bands that have obviously broken up and they just get it every single interview is when are you going to reunite this band when are you going to reunite another band when are you going to it's like man it's done or they just you know for a fact that they don't get along with ex-members mm. and you're like why they just dig it up for for clicks that's something that i guess my my one thing it's like i don't go down that road so yeah, that, that's a that's a tough one, and I think also it's it's a question that potentially a lot of other people are going to ask as well. And I think that's something that I've always been really paranoid about doing, yeah, especially music interviews uh, where I'm talking to musicians and and people that I probably don't have a lot of prior connection with because I'm so paranoid about asking a question that has been asked many many times in the past, and I don't want to fall into that trap and then them glaze over and go, oh, this is one of those interviews. Okay, I'm going to go into autopilot and just give you what you need, and and we'll just do bare minimum and tick the box, and off we go. And uh, I've and sometimes that's created a bit of paranoia for myself because I've overthought it, but. Um, I can certainly appreciate that uh, that would be a particular topic where you just go, it's it's more than likely just not going to give you anything of value whatsoever. It's not going to be, there's nothing, there's nothing positive that's going to come out of a response uh, to, to a question like that. <laughs> that's it. That's it. You just make them mad. But hey, you know, but then how would it be being that one person that turned around and asked that question and they're like, well, in fact, Guns N' Roses are getting back together with, you know, yeah, oh, that, that's no, it. You, know, you, just cross, you just cross your fingers, hoping that's, or, or even the one where he says, "You know what? Now that you now that you mention it, fuck it. I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to give him a call after this. Let's yeah, let's see if we can do it." I'm like, oh my god, I started it. <laughs> I, you know what? I had one of those. Was it year before last when Devin Townsend was? I interviewed Devin. Yeah, and uh, I, 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 I'm such a massive Strappy Young Lad fan, mm. and he dropped. He dropped that he was going to be playing um, strapping stuff again, and I—I'd never in a million years. But I wish I'd, I'd probed a little bit more about it. But man, I—I—I <laughs> I, I, uh, I just remember that moment and just so. Please tell me hard. more. Tell me more. I, I need to know oh. the details. <laughs> oh, it was the best thing in the world. And hearing him, you know, oh yeah, I'm gonna you know play some strapping shit, and I was like, oh, dude, best thing in the world. You know, <laughs> I guess after. After so many years of him going, nup, 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 nup. And then, then here, here it is, ready to, ready to go, ready to get back into it. Is there, do you have other rules that, that you sort of think about? It might not be sort of black and white rules that you're sort of strict on, but are there certain things that for yourself, just to keep yourself in check, little do's and don'ts? That's a good question. Because I, I, I don't know. When it comes up to it, I usually say I, I try and stop myself, but that's... That's one rule hmm. is, it, you know, that's, I guess that's my one, one big rule 
is, uh, you know, try not to get too clickbaity. Yeah. I guess. That's what, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I even thought of that. Where am I going? All right. Cool. Reel me back in. I'm not used to being on the other end. I'm not used to being on the other end of this thing. So, oh, I like it. I like it actually. And it was interesting. It's interesting talking to you as well because I, you're throwing it back on me, going and asking me questions. I'm like, oh, you're going into interview mode, mad. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, hang on. This is, I've got to ask you questions as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll just di- we'll divide it down the middle, and we'll both make <laughs> each other comfortable, and we'll just ask each other questions, and we'll be fine. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's weird though. Right, oh, it I don't is, know. I, see, you've been, I guess you've been interviewed, you know, for for Lord, yeah. over the years as well. So you, you've been, but me, I guess I've only done a couple, and I'm usually the one putting people in the hot seat. So this is a weird kind of situation for me. So I hope you're getting some good material. Oh yeah, I hope it's not a write off. Oh no, you know? no way, no. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. But I mean, it's good because I think the the whole point to, especially, I mean, the way that I do it, and it might be a little bit different to you, um, is. For me, like a, a large chunk of the podcast over the years was about connecting with people. Uh, so people that I knew and had bumped into over the years and it was sort of just to get better at conversation. Because, you know, for me, like, you know, the, the extent of a conversation will be at a venue with bands playing in the background, everyone's spitting into each other's face because you're trying to talk, you know, right right up to their ear. You're, you're five or six beers in. It's all it's all blurry. It's all, you know, dribbly, dribbly mess. It's just nothing. nothing great's happening. And so that was the extent of a lot of my conversations with people. And I thought this whole podcasting would be a good opportunity to reconnect with a lot of people that I've met over the years and actually have a really, a really good conversation, but also to try at times, not all the time, because sometimes you really do need a bit of a, a question and answer format, but to just, just let it hang out and just have a conversation, just see where it goes. And I've had some really fun ones and yeah, I'll clean them up every once in a while. If, you know, sometimes they might get, you know, get a little bit uh, long in the tooth or, you know, there'll be a, a few stumbles and, or people sometimes say things that they shouldn't say, or they regret it and they quickly tell me straight after. But, um, <laughs> but I, I love it. I love, I love the candidness of it. I love just the back and forth and just having a conversation and uh, yeah, I, I reckon it's great. And so for me to, to, to have a chat to you, it's it's interesting because I only know you in a very limited way from what you put out online with with your podcast and and also just little glimpses of of you know your band as well and and sort of from a music point of view. So I was actually quite excited to to give you a call and have a chat because you know there's a, there's a no doubt a, a whole lot of things that I've I've got no idea about you. So uh, it's just my way of. Uh, of being a nosy, a nosy end. <laughs> you know, I appreciate it though. Like, uh, as I said, you know, I'm a fan of your your work and, and your podcast. So, you know, uh, when you asked me to come on, I was actually pretty chuffed. So, thank you. Cool. Thanks for oh, you know, well, asking the questions and you know, and uh, trying to trying to get behind the scenes look at my weird life. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's, I mean, it's exciting. I think for a lot of people, it's, it's such a nerve wracking thing to, to have conversations with people in general. I think, I think most yeah. of us are more socially awkward than we, than we like to think. And, but then also to have the additional layer of pressure of a recording the conversation. So that's sort of in the back of your mind. But then also the second thing is that usually for what you do and, and what I've done at times as well is, is have these conversations with people that are well known they've they've got a public image you know a lot of people know who they are you know you could almost use the word famous at times you know and yeah. and that's that 
that can be quite nerve wracking for, for a lot of people. So it's, I think it's, I mean, even for me, like I, I find it fascinating to hear how other people approach it and, and, and their own sort of thoughts and, and, uh, you know, uh, the way that they manage it or, you know, overcome certain ticks and, and nervousness and, and, you know, shortcomings or shortcomings that they think they have just to, to be able to do something that a lot of people would, would probably struggle to do. Well, that's why I kind of wanted to do it in the first place, you know, uh, is it, more so I, I uh, get a little nervous with uh, social anxiety. Let's just call it what mm, it is. Yeah. Um, out, Me you too. know, when I'm out and about with people. You know, uh, especially when I'm playing a show or something like that. And, you know, I, I, I'm I'm a person that can seem like I'm very outgoing, and but I'm I'm quite reserved in a lot of ways. But this is my kind of way of you know I'm I'm in a bit of a safe space, if you know mm. what I mean. Do you get that as well? You know, you can talk to people, but a lot of people can't do this. They can talk to people face to face, but they can't get behind the microphone or get on the phone. To, pe- people are terrified of the phone, and I, I guess I take that for granted. You know. Oh, me too. I mean, mind you, like uh, the only, and it's, it, they're all little psychological hurdles that you, you create for yourself because for me, like I've got no problem making a phone call for the purpose of a podcast. N- now I've trained myself that there's a method to the madness. But if my phone rings and it's a mate and it's caught me off guard, I'll I'm reluctant to answer. Like I hesitate to answer the phone because I'm thinking, oh God, like, oh, oh, like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what they're going to ask me. I don't know why they're calling me. You know, am I, I going to be put on the spot and commit to something I don't want to do or, oh, 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 you know, and, and so sometimes I don't even answer the phone, which is so ridiculous because years ago, prior to, I guess, all of us being stuck in our phones, we're used to answering the phone and used to just talking on the phone and teeing things up and doing all that stuff. So it's, um, it's a weird a weird situation, and I think a lot of people are socially awkward uh, now as a result of just the way that you know we've we've gone in that sort of towards that digital world that most of us live in now. So it's a it's a it's a weird thing. It's a really it's a really unusual thing, especially you know I'm very similar to just the way that you described it. Um, and for me to sort of still be doing podcasting where I'm talking to people, it's um I wouldn't I never thought I'd I'd be able to do it. Yeah, it's 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 bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's so it's so it, it's such a weird thing to to comprehend, you know. I, I'm exactly the same, and and you know, going back to what you were saying before about hearing your own voice, you know, when you're a kid and you'd play radio with like a tape recorder. Did you ever do that? Yeah, or was, yeah, it was yeah, just, I did. You know, <laughs> yeah, I did. and you'd sort of you'd tee up the songs and you'd record it off, uh, you know, the TV or whatever, and then you'd talk in between. I don't know how many people out there actually did that, but hey. Uh, and then you hear it back, you go, oh, that, oh, that's a bit rough. And then you end up doing it later down <laughs> down the track and you just get used to hearing your own voice. But people people find it terrifying and oh, I totally understand why. It's kind, of, it's kind of like the – it's another version of public speaking, probably not as daunting or as uh, – as uh, scary as, as getting up in front of people publicly, but I think it's it's an it's an element of that, and I think it's the nerves come from a similar place where it's just it's it's kind of it's a little bit vulnerable, and it's it's a silly thing because really you're just talking, it's just noise coming out of your mouth, and and that's mm. all it is. But um, it is it is quite a it it can be quite overwhelming um, at times. I mean, you know, just even even myself, you know, on a day to day basis, um, let alone let alone sort of doing a podcast or. Or, uh, or other people out there. But um, for, for yourself, I mean, this is an interesting question because for me, 
with the podcast, I've been doing it for uh, five and a half years and I enjoy it. But like anything, you have your ups and downs and at times you think, oh God, like, should I throw the towel in? Should I give this up? Then you find a little bit of a spark and you keep going. But for you, I mean, you've been doing it a bit longer than I have, and it sounds like you've racked up a hell of a lot more uh, interviews. Uh, you know, you've you've racked up way more than me. Um, what keeps you going? Like, what what's the motivation? What sort of gets you fired up to to continue to want to do this each and every time? You know, that's a question I've been asking myself a lot lately because I go through that. I'll I'll get to a point where I'll just do a whole bunch and I'll burn myself out and I'll be like, Oh, okay. I need to take, take a bit of a break. And then I just, something will come through in the email and I'll get excited because <laughs> you know, it'd be something that I love. And then I'm just back, back in, into it, back into the swing of it. Um, I've had a couple of moments throughout the time where I've just gone, I, it, it becomes a bit, a bit obsessive mm. in a way where it's, it's, I've spent way too much time thinking about it and just, you know, my head and my phone trying to research stuff. And then, you know, I've, I've got to, you know, be a dad and, and, uh, you know, husband and a whole bunch of other things as well. You know what I mean? The big wide world work, mm. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's times like that. So it's just finding the balance, I guess. Do you, do you, do you find that that can be a bit of a struggle sometimes as well? It's like you need to separate, you know, that creative side and, you know, real life, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the time. Um, it's, uh, it, it's a tough thing to sort of keep everything moving. And I find just your own inner uh, momentum, you know, can, can really sort of disappear or fizzle out really quickly if, uh, if, you know, you're not continuously trying to just stimulate, stimulate it, you know, whatever, whatever you're doing. And so, uh, I'm constantly challenging myself just to, just to ensure that I don't not, not so much slow down. Cause I, I mean, I certainly have breaks and, you know, I might bulk record a bunch of stuff and that gives me some nice buffer and I can, I can chill out a bit, but I'm always working on something to do with it in the background just to keep my yeah. mind sort of in it. Um, and it's, it's difficult, you know, and, uh, it's, I mean, a good thing about it. And the thing that keeps me going is that there's an, there's an underlying element of real excitement about it where, um, I, I enjoy the conversations. I enjoy, I especially enjoy the end of a conversation where it goes really well. Cause you sort of come off this adrenaline rush and you've got that high and you've just connected with somebody and you've had a great chat mm. and it appears that the other person has enjoyed it as well, which makes it even better. And I just, I have those reminders all the time and that sort of keeps the spark sort of there to keep, keep me going. Um, so yeah, it, but it's, it's, it's all head games, everything. I mean, anything that you form a discipline to and you want to commit to a passion project or, or a job or anything that you're involved with it, you know, it's the discipline aspect is so key and you can't be firing on all cylinders hundred percent of the time. It's just, it's just impossible. So you're always going to have those challenging moments, but is it, is it similar for you? Like as, as far as, you know, uh, so some of those underlying drives to, to continue to want to do it. Is it, is it the, is it the, the excitement of who's going to come next? Is there, are there people on your bucket list that you're still trying to tick off to, to oh, eventually have a conversation with? hundred percent. You know, some people collect, uh, Pokemon cards. <laughs> 
I collect. I don't know. You you seem like you kind of seem. You collect people. Yeah. That kind of sounds weird and kind of serial killer ish, but it's totally <laughs> not. Um, you know. But <laughs> I I don't keep people. I collect people. people. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You do. But um, I collect people. Um, no, but you know what I mean. It's sort of like that. It, it came a bit of a game, yeah. to me in a way where it was sort of like, oh man, you know, I've I've spoken to this person, this person, this person, you know, and you, there's a bit of pride in that. You know what I mean? You've you've those challenges, I guess. But I do have. I think about five on my bucket list that I've just, uh, I, you know, hopefully one day, I guess that keeps me going. I don't know what I do when I hit that. I, I, I'd probably still keep going, but you know, there's like Rob Halford is yeah. my number one. Wow. Yeah. You know, that'd be cool. Man, Halford, you know, there's uh Wes Borland, mm. um, who you know everyone talks about Limp Bizkit, but no his way. solo stuff yeah. is so much more interesting. Like Black Light Burns, fascinating um, guy, big dumb face. Um, yeah, yeah, you know. And then there's like Jack Black and Dave Grohl and a few others. Peter Cullen is probably yeah. really up there, mate. Wow. Mate, he made me cry. That's another story. <laughs> um, when I met him, yeah. Um, and Bruce Campbell, I guess they're the ones. That I'd love to love to talk to. Do you have a bucket list? Do you have ones that you just like? You just put it put it out there. Who you'd love to have on your show? Oh, I think who's, I, who's your yeah my Moby my Moby Dick my my main guy, and I think the likelihood of me getting this guy is very very slim because he just virtually never does interviews whatsoever. Is old boy Johnny Farnham? I uh, I he's my guy since day dot of starting this podcast. I was going to get him on. And I've had, um, it's been a while actually, but uh, every few months I would reach out to Glenn Wheatley and I'd say, Glenn, I see, uh, see John's uh, going to do a tour soon. Uh, he's going to be coming coming nearby. Uh, any chance I can uh, I can grab him to do a podcast? And, and uh, you know, he's, he's always humoring me and, ple- and sort of uh, being somewhat pleasant and see, so, you go, oh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work it out closer too. He doesn't normally do interviews, but we'll see. And I'm like, oh, glimmer of hope. Then I'll follow up again. He was like, no, he's not doing any, any interviews. And I'm like, oh, damn it. And that was just a repet- re- repetitive thing that just kept happening. But um, over the years, I've realized just how few and far between he does that kind of stuff. And the only time he ever does anything sort of press-wise is him going on some something on mainstream TV. You know, it's, it's, mm. something, it's something big time. But um, for me, like that would be like to be able to sort of – have a candid one-on-one conversation with him and just shoot the shit because he's such a larrikin and such a he's such a personality and just comes across as such a, a likable person. Um, uh, just I fantasize about what that would be like. I think that'd be super cool. So he's like the main person. Like, and then after that, the list just sort of just drops down dramatically. After that, I mean, there's heaps of great people and lots of interesting people around the world. But um, but I always circle back to old Fanzi. I reckon you would absolutely nail that because you're so personable. Um, that I don't think it'd be like an interview; it'd just be like a chat. Well, that's what I. So I that's think, what I fantasize about. I think that'd be so so much fun, so much fun. So just put it out there now. I'm like, listen, listen, Fonzie, if you're listening to this, you you jump on that podcast because you know it's <laughs> going to be a good time. 
What you got to bribe him? Maybe, maybe the kind of thing where I think it was Axel Rose bribed was it uh, was it Buckethead with yeah. like a Leatherface figure? Maybe you got to find something that is is really rare for him. Um, that he something he really wants. Stand out in front of his house, tie it to some fishing line, throw it through his window. And then lure him out that way, and then just—I don't know—that's that's going back to the thing about collecting people. Don't do that. Um, Sounds like you've got some experience there. I, I, you shut up. Um, you. <laughs> it's getting late, mate. I'm getting crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, no, but uh, I don't know. I think I think you, you could be onto something though. Where it, I think it will take some sort of creative angle. It can't just be – so the way that I was doing it to date was when I'd hit sort of a uh, like a milestone or something like that, I'd try and tie it in with that to say, hey, like I'm going to try and make something of it. It's not just an episode in the mix of everything else. I'll try and, you know, sort of make a big thing out of it. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I understand sort of compared to what he's done over the years and his stature, I'm – you know, my podcast, little old podcast, me me with my little, uh, little radio station here. Um, but I think – I think maybe there's an angle where you could you could get quite creative, where you could find something that appeals to him. Uh, maybe maybe there's a way that I could get to a little bit of I don't know, maybe a bit of crowd support, maybe a bit of crowdfunding. Maybe we could uh, maybe we could See? raise some money that can go to something that he gives a shit about. So not so much going to his pocket, but maybe uh, maybe he might want to get behind something that goes to a charity of his choice. I there don't know. There you go. So hey, lots you of just nailed it. There you go. So uh, I might have to. <laughs> Have to go to work and oh, I've committed myself now. I'm not editing that out either. It, this no, is, this do is not edit it. No, 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 no. Here you go. Here's 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 your goal. Twenty twenty one is that the year? I don't even know. It's February. I just figured that out today. It is. Um, Fonzy on the Andy Social podcast. Oh, it's gonna good. happen, man. All right. Put the put it. Oh, mate. It sounds you're determined. I mean, it doesn't. You know, you don't have to throw a brick through his window. Just that's you've nailed it. <laughs> Don't do that. What's wrong with me tonight? I'll, um, I'll put I'll put I'll put a picture of Farnsey on it. Oh, actually, I don't have one, but I need to get a vision board and I'll put him up there. And it won't it won't look too creepy. It won't be like a shrine. It'll just be a vision board and just remind me. Just okay, Farnsey, 2021. This is the year. We've got to make it happen. So I'll have to. Uh, yeah, I, I now think you're f- onto some. Yeah, it has but, to be something hey, like there, that. There is, you know what? There is something to that, though. There is something to that. You know, I know it gets a little, you know, about manifesting those thoughts and things like that. I've, I, I dabbled in that. And you know what? I, I find that something happens, man. Just do it. Cut, take a picture out. What's your favorite Barnsey era? Farnsey era, I should say, not Barnsey. Well, I love, Barnsey. Bar- I love Barnsey as well. But, uh, oh, Farnsey era. Yeah, but see, oh, geez, oh, you got me on the spot now. Um, Look, I think I think sort of around Age of Reason, I think it was absolutely fantastic. I think he was just at the top of his game there. But for me, sort of like the 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 era that was really close to my heart was when he was still trying to find himself, you know, in between sort of Little River Band and all that sort of stuff. And he was doing a lot of eighties soundtracks. And he was trying to like dig into the US market and he you know, he sang these songs like Break the Ice and Thunder in Your Heart and on the Rad soundtrack and these weird sort of obscure songs that he did was like this AOR gold, this amazing stuff where he was trying to trying to become a bit of a pop icon in, in the States and, and in Europe. So 
that's like I love that stuff. I, that's uh, it's super cool. And and for us as a band, like we're all massive Fonzie fans, like ridiculous Fonzie fans. I mean, fuck, we, you know, in 2015 we we had a tour called the Road to Fonzie Tour, where <laughs> we 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 released an EP and it had a had a Plane to Win, the Little River Band uh, track on there. We did a cover of that, and uh, we decided we saw that Fonzie was playing down in Werribee, down in uh, Victoria. We all wanted to go, and we thought, well, we're all too cheap to go and pay for the tickets and go down there and, and see it, and why would we all go together? That's just so lame. So why don't we make a tour, do a full tour around the country, and use all that money to eventually pay for the tickets down at Werribee to go and see Fonzie play? And uh, <laughs> and that, that ended up happening. It was about uh, 10 dates around, around the country, all the capital cities, and then we ended up, uh, last date was in Melbourne, and then the next day we went to, went to Werribee Park and got to see Fonzie play. And that was the whole tour. And so for us, like, there's a bunch of different angles for us. Like, we've covered a, a, a handful of Fonzy songs and, and uh, yeah, so there's, there's lots of, there, there'd be lots of things to talk about, but um, I'd, I'd definitely have to find something that's going to spark his interest and make it a little bit unique. And, um, yeah, anyway, I wasn't expecting to, to pitch or, or, you know, sort of verbalize a, a Fonzy pitch uh, for the podcast, but there you go. I'm, I, mate. Putting it out there, you never know. You might be listening. You go, you know what? You know, I'm going to go on that show. And it, hey, just keep keep doing it. And I think if you get creative like that as well, you'll really mean for sure. You'd have to. I'm just going to break him. I'll just have to break him. Not physically, but I just I just have to break. <laughs> I just have to break him down. Just have to break him down. You know, just that's it. Eventually, get to a point where it's like, oh, come on, let's just do it. Let's just do it. All right, okay, no worries. Fine. Yeah, I'll give you fifty, but and then end up two hours just shit and shit. Oh yeah, hey. well, I hope so. I hope so. I right. put it out there, man. Put it out, and I'll and I'll be listening. That's oh. for sure. All right, perfect. Because I mean, you oh, see, the thing I also like about your show is it's it's quite broad. You've got so many different, you know, and I like how I, I, on your YouTube channel you've got it all broken up in your different kind of like genres. You got yeah, oh your yeah, NBA, different, yeah, different playlists, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh, thanks. I'm, I'm glad someone noticed that. Jeez, that was something that uh, I thought I'm just doing it for my own uh, little OCD uh, tendencies there, but I'm glad that somebody else noticed. Thanks, mate. That's <laughs> good. No, I think it works, though. No, I totally think it works because, you know, you get the people that are not necessarily into metal, but they're like, oh, you know, they like the sport or they like the, you know, the real life stuff and, mm. and they can go down that rabbit hole where mine's just all just metal and nerdy shit. It's cool. <laughs> just thrown into one pot. I just go, yeah, well, that's who I'm talking to. But, but, I, mean, um, but you, I mean, obviously doing that over the years, I mean, you'll have people that have been listening for the majority of the time and enjoy listening to these to these chats because not so much, obviously an element of, of it is the guest. I mean, that's the highlight, but I think the consistent approach is you and your style and, and the uniqueness that you bring to it that people would really enjoy. So no doubt there'd be people that are always listening um, over, over the years and enjoying the way that you frame it and the way that you approach those conversations with these people. It's terrifying. <laughs> Thinking that people will actually listen. <laughs> That's it. I, I'm just recording. I, I'm rec- I forget I'm recording them. It's just like I'm having a chat and it's done. Yeah, that's it. You know, I, I like that. I also like that. I, the, I like the ones where... You just start chatting, and then you look at the you look at it, and you go, "Oh man!" It was like um, recently I uh, had MC Bat Commander 
from uh, Aquabats. Yeah. And, uh, man, like, my kids are nuts for it. You know, we listen to that in the car. I don't care. I love it. And uh, <laughs> and it was only meant to be a short one. And I, I look around and I go, oh, man, I've had him for ages. And we were just talking about everything from cane toads to all kinds of weird stuff. And it was really fun. I like those ones. And I guess great. you get that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I try. That's, that's always the aim. I try to get to that point. And it doesn't always work. It, it depends. Once again, like what we were saying earlier, it's like the... All those variables that you just don't have control over. It's the, it's the person and how they're coming into into that conversation, how they how they perceive what they're about to to do, and whether they see any value in it. And and uh, sometimes it can be it can take a while. I think that that's always the hard thing when you do shorter shorter conversations with people is that you've got to build rapport really quickly. You have got to get people on yeah. on side, and that's that's uh, that can be a really tough thing. Whereas some of the longer longer form podcasts can be quite good because you can yeah you can go through a little bit of small talk to begin with you can sort of dance around then after a while it's like okay now we've locked in now we're going let's go let's get into it and so that's that's a lot of fun but do you find that sometimes with some of the people who are doing press like some of these musos who are doing you know album runs for you know doing mm. doing their promo and you've got to try and click and connect with them really quickly yeah and then when you get them warmed up and then it's time to go. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man. Oh, I should have asked him that. <laughs> but they're the hard ones, hey. That's what, I mean, you know, I, I've been lucky that sometimes they straight off the bat, they they just they just want to chat, mm. you know. And, you know, then you, then you can go into weird, wonderful places. But uh, I don't know. It's, it, it, it tends to be quite structured, I guess, because the focus on, on, on what I do is, is always, you know, the promotion of, um, what what the band has got coming up or, mm. or something like that, and then I'll sort of I'll try my best to sort of th- throw in some some weird zingers that throw the conversation off, you know. <laughs> so I love I love it. Keep them on their toes. Yeah, sometimes. Or you know, I I love I love talking to people who are also nerdy as well, like mm. the most brutal people in the world that are. Uh, you know, like uh, corpse grinder. No, oh, he's, he's, he's like, hilarious. See, but I'm not. <laughs> see, I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not a World of Warcraft dude. But I know there's that common ground. It's that common ground. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. It's like we both love the heavy shit, but we can talk about the nerdiest stuff that's gonna, you know, make everyone think that you're not that dude that's gonna stab people in shadows. You know, and that's what people love. I mean, that's that's the, that's the element that people are hungry for. Like. You know, I mean, I, I enjoy listening to interviews. I, I I read a lot of online ones just for, you know, when bands are doing press and things like that. And you, you learn a little bit about the album and some of the stories around it. But, you know, when you when you really get a bit of their personality and stuff that's not related to music or their band, I mean, that's the stuff that is just absolute gold. I mean, that's that's the way yeah. that you connect with people and you go, oh, now I, now I really, I, not only do I like you as, the guy in that band, because I love the band so much, I actually really like you now and now become so much more of a fan of you as a person in addition to, you know, the music as well. And that's that can be a really tough thing to sort of squeeze out of people. But when you do, oh, man, so good. Who have you had that that has, has done that? That you've just had, you've hit it off and you've either become friends with them uh, or or you've just ended up being a huger fan afterwards? Um, I've, yeah, I'm just trying to think of, uh, some off the, off the top of my head. I, um, 
not music wise, um, but uh, Rusty Rusty Young, who was who was he is he's an author and he wrote a book called Marching Powder, and it was all about him living in a Bolivian jail for for a period of time, and uh, and then he's lived in South America for quite a few years, and he ended up uh, living in Colombia, and he worked with the vigilante group to you know. Uh, fight guerrilla armies and child soldiers and rescue kids and all sorts of stuff. It's just crazy. Like this guy's lived this amazing life. And, um, I went to his, oh, it must've been his girlfriend's place somewhere in North Sydney and sat down and had, had a chat with him. And he was just the, the loveliest guy, you know, he's all about hugs and, you know, and just, you know, we, we just had this really great chat and, and then afterwards, like he, you know, every once in a while, he like, he flicked me a message on like Instagram or whatever, or he'd give me a call. And he's like, Hey, can you tell me how this like Instagram stuff works? I'm trying to work out this stuff and I don't understand like there's this thing about the algorithm, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm like driving along, you know, and I'm, I'm talking to this, like, you know, this, this incredible author, like this famous author and, and just going, Oh, like, is this happening? Like, this is so weird. And, but just getting like that humility aspect to him and, and, you know, um, even over New Year's, I, I flicked him. He, I think he he responded to a message on on Instagram, and I just flicked him a quick message back and said Happy New Year, and just went back and forth about just life and just for a little bit, and nothing to do. Like I'd never, you know, I never talked to him about his writing and go apart from the podcast itself. Um, so there's 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 examples like that over the years where I've I've kept in contact with a few people and just random messages, just saying hello, just checking in and. And uh, you learn a lot more about them, more so than they're just their public, uh, their public front. So yeah, I, it's definitely a, definitely a nice little bonus that comes out of uh, talking to so many incredible people. Have you ever had one that uh, you've done in person, or even say when when Lord supported a band, and you've had that sort of Wayne and Garth moment, where you're like. <laughs> have the out of body experience, you know what I mean? Where you realise it goes back to what you were saying before. Has there been one in particular, one big one that you've, you know, you maybe supported or something like that and you've, you've had that out-of-body experience? Uh, yeah, I think I think the first one, um, which has always been sort of the, the, the big one for us collectively, is uh, Megadeth. Um, when, oh, yeah. Um, just prior to me joining the band, uh, and the band used to be called Dungeon, and so we we did a tour in Europe um, for for a couple of weeks. And that was great. And I was, I went over just to, you know, carry some gear and be a bit of a beer roadie. And I did the lights for the guys and everything like that. And, um, it was just a, an absolute surreal experience. And this was a time where Dave wasn't drinking. And so we were a little bit paranoid thinking, you know, well, we've got to be really careful and be on our best behavior, et cetera. And, um, you know, the, the first night of the tour we're in Amsterdam, we we're in the dressing room and he comes in and we, we hadn't like, I, we'd sort of bumped into him in in Australia because Dungeon played with Megadeth in Australia, but um, we hadn't seen him and I hadn't actually met him in person. And so he comes in and I'm just like, oh, who the fuck's opened this door? And so I look around the corner of the door. I'm like, oh, 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 okay. Yeah, all right, this is happening. And so he's like, you know, typical like Dave with his little snarl and his smirk and everything like that. And he's just talking and it's just small talk, really nice. And then, uh, and then he, as he's, you know, leaving, he gives like everyone a hug and just says, you know, I'm so happy that you guys are on the tour, blah, blah, blah. Enjoy. You know, if you need anything, talk to, you know, talk to this person, blah, blah, blah. And we'll, we'll take care of you. And it was amazing. And we bumped into him, you know, over the, over the coming shows and, uh, he was so nice to us. And even the last show of the tour, 
as he's, you know, saying, we're saying our goodbyes. He's about to leave our dressing room and he just punches me in the chest, like this playful <laughs> punch. But this is a guy who fucking black belt karate or whatever, you know, he's, he knows, he knows his stuff and he just whacks me and I'm just like, I think he winded me. And then he goes, and he's, he says, see you later. You know, and I'm like, oh, see you, Dave, take care of yourself. You know, and like just the most surreal thing where you're just standing there just going, this is happening. This is happening. And, and it was surreal because you're in another part of the world as well. And there's just so many other things happening, but, um, that will always uh, stick out, but there's been there's been lots of bands. I think a lot of the bands that I've idolised as a kid growing up, I've been lucky to play with. Uh, so, um, you know, Saxon and uh, Queensrÿche and Halloween and um, even Iced Earth. Even though Iced Earth is a little bit controversial now, um, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but um, certainly enjoyed my time playing playing with them, and uh, and you know. Despite what uh, what's what's happened in recent times, uh, uh, John was uh, an amazing amazing person to to hang out with. A very very generous and nice guy. But um, yeah, so I've had I've had a bunch of those uh, those real pinch yourself moments. Going oh well, like this is this is where I've managed to to get myself to in life. Like I've found myself in this situation. How the hell did this happen? Um, so it's been it's been good. And I hope that I mean it's weird now. I mean I'm sure. You know, you sort of playing in bands as well, where it's sort of, you know, the last 12 months or so has been a, a real shock to the system for for musicians. And I'm sure you've heard it from other other bands as well, where it's like, yeah. you're just a little bit lost at the moment. And for me, it sort of feels like we, we don't play that much any anymore anyway, as it is. Um, and so now having this long period of time, I'm sort of thinking, am I going to get these moments again? Like, am I gonna? Am I gonna have these pinch pinch myself moments where I get to go off and and do a great tour and play with these amazing bands and um and uh, deep down I hope that's hope that happens. But part of me is like, oh god, yeah, I don't know. It's um it's just a different world now. It is, and it happens so fast. Mm. You know, it, it it was so quick that <laughs> you know it was like this time last year. It was like ah, blah, blah, blah. and now it's 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 just a thing that we just live with now. But I hope, I hope, you know, the vaccines and stuff like that come in and then we can all go back to doing full shows. Cause it's funny in Brisbane, up here on the Gold Coast in Brisbane, we actually played more shows than what we'd had. We'd, we'd played in, in a long time. How good's that? Huh. It was so cool. weird. The weirdest thing in the world, because I mean, there were short, smaller, um, attendances, but we were we were like, well, what else are we going to do? We we just going to sit around? But you know, obviously, it was all COVID safe, of course. But it was it was so bizarre. But people were just so hungry to to see live music. You know, even if it was you know, only a small a small room, people just I guess they missed it. Mm. I, I don't know if how it is where you are down there, man, but. Um, Sometimes people take the local stuff for granted. Yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? They just, it's a different, it's a different time. You know, like I was only talking about a mate with, you know, 20 years ago, you know, you'd, you'd go to your local and there'd be heaps of people because we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have Netflix and chill. We just had <laughs> beers and, and metal, you know? And I think people sort of went, oh, I don't, I don't have that now. I want it. <laughs> I want to go see some music. So I think I think when it all calms down, hopefully, 
that um, you know, especially with yourself going out there with the Lord boys, that you're gonna experience so much more because people are just gonna be like, "Fucking need it now." <laughs> Okay, a call to action, folks. I mentioned it in the intro. I'm going to mention it in the outro as well. Go and use your little search function in your podcast player. Go and search for the Everblack podcast. Go and subscribe to it or follow it or whatever you need to do to keep it in your feed and rate it and review it once you've listened to a few episodes and support Neville and what he has been involved with for the past eight plus years. Amazing stuff. Definitely go and dig into the Everblack world by going to everblack.com.au. A great web scene, whole bunch of different things in there. So go and check all that stuff out there. Massive thank you to Neville for being a part of the podcast. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the chat. It was it was cool for me to chat to somebody like Neville who's got a few years on top of me doing band interviews and podcasts. And uh, it was just a really, really fun chat. And uh, I think we both went into interview mode. We we're both trying to interview each other through that, which was which was kind of kind of cool. It was it was, it was very different. Um and I think I may have committed to something in there. So anyway, I'll leave it at that. Now, before we wrap it up, of course, Patreon. Patreon is the best way to support this podcast and supports us from only a buck a month. Uh, honestly, the more people that I can get to sign up to Patreon for that $1 tier has a massive, significant impact on this podcast. Not only is it a dollar a month, and when you get a lot of people, that adds up, uh, but also just to have the numbers, the 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 support of the people backing me, backing your mate Andy and the podcast is just huge. It's it's a massive motivator for me. And of course, financially, uh, what the Patreon community have done to date has been absolutely amazing to support this podcast and keep it chugging along with all the expenses that come into running a podcast each and every week. So go and check it out, patreon.com slash Andy Dowling. There's a few new things that are happening over there. Depending on the tiers that you uh, sign up to, you get access to the exclusive weekly Patreon podcast episode that comes out every Tuesday mornings. And there's also tiers that get you access to the USB uh, pass that gives the, that, well, if I can fucking talk English here. It has the first 100 episodes on the USB pass sent out to you for free. And there's also a top tier that gives you access to four free t-shirts, including free postage worldwide every year. So one a quarter, you'll get a brand new t-shirt design. Think Team Acronoplan. That's the t-shirt that came out late last year. Currently, we've got the Blue Good Boy t-shirt that just got unleashed. An amazing t-shirt there for all my big four-headed mates out there. It's a bit of a tribute to you guys and a ridiculously dumb looking plain but nonetheless it is on a t-shirt now it looks amazing and thank you so much to Tristan Tate who's going to continue to design the t-shirts moving forward for the Andy Social Podcast and also for Lord as well he's been doing a lot of stuff for us so stay tuned for the Lord space as well there's some new things coming very soon so go and check it all out over at patreon.com slash Andy Dowling it's an amazing way to support this podcast and thank you very much uh, before we wrap it up of course uh, more podcasts coming next week so in the meantime please go and share the episodes if you haven't uh, caught up with all the previous episodes dig into the back catalogue go and check it all out um, and actually, while I'm speaking here, sorry, my phone just, uh, just lit up. Uh, massive thank you to Christopher Bass or Bass, 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 uh, from the U S who has just pledged a $1 for Patreon. Thank you very much, folks. So in the meantime, before the next week's episodes, I'm getting distracted here, please, uh, share the podcast around, go back and listen to the back catalog. If you know anybody who's into podcasting and might listen to similar podcasts, please, uh, give them a link to Andy social and, uh, recommend a couple of episodes for them to listen to. 
rating, reviewing, subscribing on all the podcast platforms is huge. Uh, sharing them around, a bit of social media love, all that sort of stuff is huge. And and I can't stop saying the word huge and awesome and and awesome and great and thank you very much and blah blah blah. So enough crapping up from me for another episode. Another episode coming next week. I don't even know what I'm saying now. Take care and ta-ta. Larry. Larry, please.